Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My name is Jeffrey Zakarian, and you're listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian from iHeartRadio. Today, we are continuing our Turning the Table series, where our executive producer, Christopher Haziotis, takes over as our host and puts me in the hot seat to answer questions about how I got to where I am today. This is part two of our three-part series. If you haven't listened to our first Turning the Table episode and you want to know more about how I first caught the culinary bug, go back and listen to part one now. In today's episode, we pick up my story right as I was formally stepping into the culinary world at Le Cirque, which was just an incredible experience in and of itself. But before I could even begin to imagine moving up in this world, I needed mentors. Christopher knew that mentorship is something I frequently ask guests about here on Four Courses, and he had a hunch that he needed to ask me too. We hope you enjoy. Well, Jeffrey, as you got your career started, you know, you you were an apprentice chef at Le Cirque. You, you had a mentor in Alan Salak, the renowned chef. You speak a lot about mentorship when you talk to successful people on your podcast. I have a suspicion that this obsession of yours kind of dates back to these early days in your career. Can you tell me what it is about that relationship working with Chef Salak that that really solidified that mentor-mentee relationship for you and how important it is? I really think that, I'm going to speak as a, a young man, to all the young men and women now who are into the field, mentorship is everything. Even if it's not perfect mentorship, you know, 
you need to find someone. It's what I always say to people when they ask me, how do I, you know, how do I get involved? What do I do? What do I do? I'm like, I don't have a blueprint, but what I can tell you is what you probably don't want to hear. And I said, you have to stop thinking about money, stop thinking about how many hours you're working, and start thinking about like, what do you want your life to look like in five years? And then start thinking backwards, right? It's like, okay, let's start from like, let's have, I have this picture, now how do I start? What's the start point? I said, I can give you the start point, but that's it. I can't instruct you on manners. I can't tell you how to respect people. I can give you the start point and tell you that if you do this for at least a year, you'll have the secret and you don't have to learn it from me. You're going to know exactly what to do because it will be right in front of you. It'll like, okay, well, this, I'm here. I'm a year later. I've done what I want to do. Now I know what I want to do here. I'm going to go left for this much time. I'm going to go right for this much time. and I'm going to, It's all going to be answered. And I tell them very simply to find someone, find the best person possible, and then write it all down on a list. Take those top five people you think are the best in the field and then go put a B next to them. By that I mean those are Bs. Go find As. Because your natural inclination is to find people you actually think would be easy to ask. They'll say yes. I said, those are the Bs. You don't want the Bs ever. Okay, those are for other people, not you. Do you want to be really great? Go for the As, people that you wouldn't dream of asking, that you would say, no, I can't. no there's not a chance. Those are the people you want to ask. And ask to work for them. Say, what do you have? I'll do anything. Anything. I'll work in the front of the house, the back. I'll do, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll bust tables. I don't know. I'll work as a late night prep. I'll do overnight. I'll do whatever you want. If you can stick with it, the rest of it will be handed to you by yourself. And the rest is just going to be your story, not my story. And I said, that's exactly what I did. And I didn't have anyone telling me to do that. I just happened upon it. And I happened upon a guy named Alan Sayak who was at Le Cirque, and it was probably a couple days after I graduated. I got a job in another restaurant. I didn't like it, and I asked someone at the restaurant who was another CIA grad. He said, well, go, you know, you should see, I think they're hiring at Le Cirque. And I went to Le Cirque, and he told me, he said, uh, in a very bad English, to this day, he's one of my dearest friends. He's still alive. I think he's 87. And he said, I don't have a job. And I have nothing, no job. There's no job here. I have nothing. And I gave him you know, my resume, I graduated. I said, well, I was just working next door over there. I said, why are you leaving here? I said, I said the food isn't good, just like that. I, I swear I saw a glimmer in his eye. That was check one. So I felt a little confidence coming on board. He goes, you know, you know, it's, you know, they're doing a good job there. I said, I know. I said, but I think there's better. And I didn't say it is better here. I said, I think there's better. And I knew what better was because I just ate around the world, right? It was something else. And so I knew that the food wasn't good. I just didn't have the hierarchical standing to say it. Very brazen and kind of stupid, but it worked. And he said, I don't have anything. I said, chef, I'll, I'll take anything. I, I've saved up some money. I'll, I'll work for free until something opens. And he goes, okay, come tomorrow. Just like that. Matter of fact, <laughs> he was a smart businessman, right? I learned a very dear economic lesson from him. So I uh, started working the next day and I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but I was at Le Cirque. And I want to tell you, I did some research before, and I knew Sarah Maccioni. I knew what they had. They had three-star New York Times. They had Alan Sayak. They had everyone who was everyone was eating in that restaurant. I mean, every president, every star, Hollywood. You just can go back and look. It's been open since the early 70s. And uh, it was around 81, 82 that I landed there after I graduated from CIA. 
Yeah, and Jeffrey, for those that don't know, this is a big name. Can you paint a picture of what it's like for a guest to just walk into that place and what their experience is like? Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's like going and working for like Robert De Niro or Danielle Craig or it's a big deal and it was the biggest deal there was and you know it was the place to go and and back in the early 80s in the 70s there's 27,000 restaurants in New York there were like 6 or 8 or 10 maybe top restaurants in New York back then that was it i mean there were restaurants but they weren't great fine dining it was all french and italian mostly french like we were just discovering french cuisine and we were copying and imitating and all that, but we were like getting into it. And it really went rapid once it got in this country because, you know, it was like all this information about food and then Gourmet Magazine and then Julia Child and all this. It's like it was really coming up and there was starting to be celebrities around like Emeril Lagasse and Jonathan Waxman and, you know, Alice Waters. And it was, American food was growing, but we were babies. This is, was the pinnacle of the best French restaurant in the country. And I was working here for free. But I looked left and I looked right, and the roster of who was there all turned out to be one and two and three-star Michelin chefs later on in their career and very successful American chefs. So the mentorship is everything. I never would have been able to do what I'm doing today or been able to talk to you about what I'm doing today if I didn't have that mentorship. I would be doing well, I'm sure, because I was, I'm scrappy and I, I'm a hard worker. But in the level of entry I've been given to the cultural luxuries of life, it's incredible, and it wouldn't have happened unless I had that Alan Sayak sort of like holding my hand and showing me how to do it in his own way, which wasn't gentle, mm-hmm. by the way. It wasn't always gentle. It was gentle sometimes, but it was not always gentle because gentle didn't work. So, Jeffrey, if you could go or back me. to those late 70s, early 80s days, not as mm. a young scrappy guy offering his labor for free, but as a diner, as a guest, as someone you know, excited to go eat at Le Cirque. What would you order off of that menu? Wow. It's the same thing I order today. It's no different. It's kind of crazy. No one's asked me that question. It's kind of wild. I think it's, a, it's, it's the Dover sole that's done table side. If I see it on the menu, I order it. I just close the menu. And if it's really expensive, I expect it to be really good because Dover sole needs to be expensive because it's, they fly it from the Straits to Dover. When a fish goes on a plane, it's expensive. And I remember to this day how we made it over there because I was one of the people that prepared some of the mise en place. He was probably the largest seller of white truffles in the country, cereal. I mean, he would get kilos and kilos and kilos of white truffles. I remember receiving them, and white truffles are this fungus. They're all wrapped in paper, come in a big box, and there's like three guys bringing them in. Each one is two, $300 back then. Now they're seven, $800. And he would buy kilos of them. I mean, literally the bill was ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. This is in the early 80s. That's wholesale. So I would have some white truffles in any form that we offered. I would have the Dover Sole, and I would have a creme brulee. They had a great wine cellar. So I'd probably have a nice bottle of Burgundy, uh, which is not really a fish wine, but I love Burgundy, uh, or a white Burgundy. And that would be my lunch at Le Cirque. And when I think of food, actually, I think of like, those kinds of dishes because they're so hard to do because they're so simple, right? It's like you can't be a bathing suit model unless you look really good without any clothes on. And then any bathing suit you put on works, right? So if, you, if you're a Kmart model or a Walmart model, which there are, 
it doesn't matter if it's a $6 bathing suit because it looks great because you look great, right? It's the same for food. So people don't understand that it's like not about complicated sauces. Yeah, we made all that stuff. And we had a whole list of menus of very complicated stuff. But that stuff you could hide. So the veal's a little over, overdone. You just pull a little more sauce and no one knows it's still delicious. You can't hide behind cooking a fish properly. You can't hide behind the perfect custard because it has to be right at the sweet spot of about 126 degrees internal. And it has to rest. And then if you overcook it, it's garbage. You have to understand white truffles, how to shave it, how thin to shave it. How to, what do you do with the scraps? Because the scraps are like gold dust. How to make butter out of the truffles, how to store them with eggs, then make truffled eggs, make the pasta with the eggs, yolks that you make, store the truffles because they impermeate through the... So all that stuff for a bowl of pasta. And it's literally butter, pasta, and shaved white truffles. But it's not, right? The Dover Sole. It's perfect. It has to be perfectly clean, perfectly cooked. It has to be held at just the right temperature. It has to be seared properly with just the right flour. And then the sauce is a brown butter with little capers and lemon, not too much, not too little. And it has to be just a little bit on the, on the top and then put the rest on the side because you want that custom experience, that crust and how you fillet it with a spoon, not with a knife at table. You can tell by watching it whether it's cooked properly or not because it has to be ever so little resistance. And all that, is years and years and years of perfecting. It's like all these levels of intricacies that look easy and seem easy. And, and it, you say, I want, a, I want a piece of fish. I want a grilled piece of fish. And you're like, well, that's it? That's what you want? You're a chef. Why would you eat something? It's just the opposite of that. It's the domain of, it's like pure acting and a great script. You don't need much action. When you see a movie that's really sensational, it's all about the acting. Then it's about the script, but it's about that presentational acting that you believe that character because it's... They're so in the character, you don't see the actor anymore. So it's kind of the same thing. But I don't know what the question was, Christopher. What was the original <laughs> question? You see? We were just talking about, uh, you know, sole a la Meunier. Meunier, that's what I would order. D- delicious. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. 
For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. As you moved on in your career, you you became the executive chef at the Twenty One Club. You worked at Maxwell's Plum. Mm-hmm. These are all places in the eighties anyone in New York would know. But I think it was around nineteen ninety, right? You you have a major career accomplishment, leading the forty four at the Royalton. Is that right? Yeah, and I think that you know you glossed over something very important. I, not probably not purposely, but you know I, I came from this incredible love of theater. And I ended up working in my first real restaurant, being at Le Cirque, was like the equivalent of like Hamlet, you know? So I'm like working in this, and everything that I loved about what I discovered in France, that front, the back, the waiter, the owners, all that conviviality, the, the sexiness of it, it's Hollywood. It was all at Le, at Le Cirque, in this tiny room. It was, it was all these senses like bombarding you. So then there was the food. So it was almost the same thing. I was lucky enough to recreate this and I landed there. It was so serendipity, right? I just, I sometimes think about it. I'm like, how the hell did I end up there of all places? But yes, I, I was very fortunate to work at a lot of wonderful places, the 21 Club, which if no one's been there, it's really, it's too bad it's closed. I hope they reopen it, but it was one of the most iconic places in the United States and uh, the wine cellar and there's a secret wine cellar that's like, incredible. And Maxwell Plums, where I, um, you know, the, Stomping ground of uh, Drew Nearparant, so a lot of memories there. And the um, in 1990, a gentleman named Jeffrey Chattero called me out of the blue and said, uh, "We're opening a new restaurant with Ian Schrager called 44 at the Royalton, and I'd, I'd like you to be the executive chef." And I was like shocked because I, you know, I knew Ian Schrager, infamous from opening Studio 54 with uh, Steve Rebell, then he went to jail for tax evasion and all that stuff. And then he came out and uh, he was given a blank check by a good friend of his to open restaurants. And everyone told me, you're crazy. I mean, it's Ian Schrager, he's like, he's a club guy. He's not going to open fine food and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, no, it's something different here. I really felt something interesting. And, you know, Philippe Stark designed something that was blue and white carpet with ghosts. I mean, it was literally the most stunning, but out there, freaky looking place you've ever seen. And I, I did food that, I felt was what I wanted to eat, like yummy food, the same memory. I just created, I just, okay, what's my memories? What do I feel I want to have? And I did it. And uh, those same dishes I use all the time. And so there's no difference in the factor of what are the flavors I want to have come out. 
there's different ways of getting to those flavors and different techniques now. But some of those techniques are, those dishes are exactly the same, maybe a few less ingredients. And then I had the privilege of working for Ian for almost 10 years. And, you know, he's a true visionary. He probably single-handedly was one of the two or three people that created boutique hotels. And that's what that was. And so I was fortunate enough to get the nod to go there. It was very scary because he didn't want to sign. So there's no sign. The restaurant was in the back of the lobby. You had to walk a hundred. Everything that I knew was wrong. (laughs) It It was nothing what I thought was right. But it was so striking and illusionary it ended up being a smash success, like a smash success. And, you know, Ian hired all these models, male models only, to work the front door and all the positions. Unfortunately, everybody looked good and they were in Armani outfits, but no one was really a very good server or very good at what they were doing. So the place was mobbed all the time, but the service wasn't what it should be, you know? And I, I used to, it was frustrating for me because I got great reviews on the food and, and lousy reviews on service. And everyone was so nice. I mean, you can't yell at someone who's in an Armani suit and a big smile. He's doing his best, but he just doesn't, you know, it's just not what he was trained to do. He wants to be an actor or most of them want to be actors. And I remember sitting down with them one day. I said, guys, I know you want to be actors, like, I would love being an actor too, but you're in a restaurant here. So for the time being, the eight hours you're here, let's try acting like waiters. And so that was my mantra. You just act like a waiter. You don't have to really be that good. And uh, it worked some, but I actually spent nine years there to my complete surprise with two different owners. It was a very, very, very formative food-wise, business-wise, but most importantly, social media wise, because that place was the beehive of Cy Newhouse and Newhouse Publication. Well, tell me, tell me what it's like to look out at a sea of diners, these, these full tables, and to say, that's a really well-known person, that person can change my career, that person can really push me in the right direction. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking, or are you... It, are you the no. kind of chef who's back in the kitchen no, I, and just, just putting out the best food you can? Yeah, I had no, I got the glamour and I, got, I knew who they were. You know, it was not, not one table, every table. As a matter of fact, we had, a, we had three sections of tables, section one, two, and three. And the further away you got from section three, three was the okay seats, two were the very good seats, one was it. And I saw people go from section three and a year or two, they're in section two. And another year or two, they're in section one. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was a hierarchy in section one. There was this booth, the second booth, the third booth, the fourth booth. So I watched people go from the fourth booth to the first booth. So it was just this train of progression in this hierarchical magistrate of Condé Nast and all the publishing houses in New York City, the biggest ones. And I, I was fantastic to watch that dance. So your answer is, no, I just cooked the best food. We had a great staff. The food was great. I loved what I was doing. And there was a little gym upstairs, so I'd go up at 3 o'clock, work out. And who was working out next to me mostly all the time was Madonna because that's where she had a trainer. It was a bizarre time. But those people in those seats never reviewed me. Those weren't the reviewers. Those were the Italian Vogue, French Vogue, GQ, Town & Country. I mean, every publisher, everything that Newhouse owned, which back then was everything. And it stayed that way for almost 10 years. It was a big, big deal. And so, you know, Graydon Carter, who was the, you know, went at Vanity Fair, now he's at Airmill. He started at, as an editor at Litchfield Times in Connecticut, 
And he came to New York and he got promoted and he went through various magazines and then finally he was made Vanity Fair, head of Vanity Fair, and he went up those, the seating arrangement. <laughs> and we did a party for him a lot in his house. He hired us all the time. And we used to go over there, we'd bring a bartender, a bar back. It was delightful to us and we had a great time. And one time, we you know, he brought this bar back. He, he was just probably 19 or 20. He's a very sort of, he looked like a young Hugh Grant, okay? Flipped hair, thin, very, you know, very together. One of those kids that you could tell he wanted to be an actor too. Well, he brought him his drinks and Graydon liked this guy and he mentioned it. He ended up liking him so much, he made him one of his assistants. He then rose in the ranks of Vanity Fair to be one of the executive editors right under Graydon Carter. And he was in line for his job when he left. And this was a guy who was a bar back. So you just, you, you see that and you're like, and when we tell him, we joke with him because like, we're like used to ordering him around and now he's this big shot. So whenever we saw him, it was like a, you know, it was an inside joke, but this is the type of environment during the, those years, the, the 80s and 90s. It was shocking, all this promotion and all the things that were happening and, and things were just like going nuts back then. And really New York was kind of at, at its best. It had some rough years, but it really was an amazing place to be. So that's, the networking was way before the internet, way before social media, none of that was all done at a restaurant with a martini and it was meaning. It was meaning and a meaning. It was that. You know, the three martini lunch was very much alive, but you know, you didn't have the texting. It all came about so much later. And that's something, Jeffrey, that I think you've carried through your career, that idea of a restaurant as a a social, not even a destination, but an institution, right? It's a if you look at restaurants you opened later in, in the two thousands, places like town or country, the Tudor House, the Lambs Club, right? These are all really great spaces that you would want to hang out in, you would want to spend time in, even if there wasn't any amazing food, even if the kitchens were only subpar, but they weren't, right? They were really, really solid places serving great food. No, no, we did. We were very fortunate. Like, you know, I believe there's a streak there. Um, and I don't really believe in awarding stars to restaurants. I believe in writing a review. But we got three stars, I think three or four restaurants in a row, which is really was unheard of. The only person that really surpassed that was uh, Alfred Portali. So it was something to strive for. But you're right. I would never open a restaurant unless I loved the environment. It was cool. It had to feel convivial. And I thought it was 60-40 environment to food. Now I think it's 70-30. And that doesn't mean that 30 isn't still part of 100%. What it means is you can have the greatest chef in the world with the greatest financer, who can spend the most money, the best china, the best silverware, all that. But here's the thing. Anybody can get that. Anybody can go to Brooklyn, open a little restaurant and buy the best china, the best... It doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. What is meaningful is when that person walks in and like, wow, this... what You know, it's that zeitgeist. What is it? Well, what it is is very hard to do and recreate. What it is isn't just one plus one is two. It's like... It's the music, it's the feeling, it's the wow, it's the flow, it's the lighting, it's all that stuff I mentioned to you that you love. And if you sit and you get great treatment and you're sitting down and the food is a B minus, that restaurant's an A minus. Thanks very much for listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian, a production of iHeartRadio and Corner Table Entertainment. Four Courses is created by Jeffrey Zakarian, Margaret Zakarian, Jared Keller, and Tara Halper. 
Our executive producer is Christopher Haziotis. Four Courses is produced by Jonathan Hawes Dresler. Our research is conducted by Jesslyn Shields. Our talent booking is by Pamela Bauer at Dogtown Talent. This episode was edited and written by Priya Mahadevan. Special thanks to Katie Fellman for help as recording engineer. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.